Welcome to Pardon the Confusion. My name is Chris Dangio. I'll be your host tonight. Uh, today we have Ernest Watts. Ernest, how are you doing? Quite well here in humid North Carolina. Perfect. Uh, and we also have Paul Arnold in Saline, Michigan. How are you doing t- today, that Paul? That is incorrect, my Whoa. friend. Oh, my friend. That is so I, wrong I, I on so many levels. First of all, uh, maybe your caller ID is saying Celine, but I normally That's live in true. Dexter, Michigan, but I'm in Macon, Georgia right now on a little vacation. Ooh. And we just got back from Krispy Kreme Donuts, and the hot, fresh sign was amazingly bright and attractive. And so we went in and got some fresh donuts. And uh, man, that's vacation when you can have a hot, fresh donut. That is true. Uh, along with Paul, we'd like to thank our our sponsor, Coors Light. Where Paul is located <laughs> is the best sports team name of all time. Came from Macon, Georgia. Macon Whoopies. It was a hockey team. Yes, the Macon Whoopie. Now it's just the Macon <laughs> Bacon baseball team. So we're moving away from your... Uh, made-up advertiser but that's okay chris you bring a different spin to the whole you gotta you gotta if they if if they don't think that they're advertising then that's how you get them in and then they question and then you're like oh yeah we've been getting money and then you know all so that that's how you uh thank you to our thousands and thousands of listeners around the globe and yeah uh from I, i believe it was seven or eight different continents we are getting them from so thank you uh to that eighth continent person hey new uh, zealand just... <laughs> to china man Look that's out. right we just celebrated uh father's day i think everyone on uh, myself and our two co-hosts uh are our fathers so i want to just go around the horn uh, you know how'd you celebrate this year and did you enjoy it tell me more Ernest. first of all there's only Seven continents, but you really got me messed up. Here. Come on, what are you try drinking, to, Chris? Try I had to smoking in Denver, and one of them is not inhabited. But uh, okay, after that, that kind of stunned me there. But sorry, this what is the Bowling Green education today? coming out here. Yes, I, I know. Uh, masters, masters from Eastern Michigan. So, wow, you know. we're what which happened? is a, which is not too far from Dexter, right? Just proves that money can buy you okay. any degree. I, I'm right. <laughs> trying to get us back on course. You were asking about my father's day, right? That is that is correct. I, I uh, my father's birthday is the day before Father's Day, so we spent Father's Day. I went to church with my dad, who turned 92 the day before. Uh, one of my sons was able to come and bring my grandsons, and they we partaked of presents and enjoyed a very good time, and then came back and got in the pool. And today. Uh, as an extension of that, me and my two grandsons who said, be sure to mention their names. But Mason and Logan Watts, I can't mention your names. Paul does not allow that to be done. So Mason and, and, and Logan, sorry, you didn't make it. Uh, we spent the last two hours in the pool. So it was it was a good time being together with family. It's always, that's what Father Day is all about. Do your grandsons get that joke? I'm just curious. You've done that joke before. Yes, yes. That's true. Only the goodie. That is the original dad joke, which we shall get into in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Or in my and case, my father joke. That's true. That's true. And those shout outs were uh, by our sponsor, Vagisil. Chris, rest it, man. Now, I rest to, now, it. I, now I have to explain that to a 10 year old. Thank you. Yeah, no, thank, Chris is really, he's going to a whole I, other segment of our I'm listening drinking, audience. I'm, 
I'm drinking water tonight, folks. What is, what's going on here? I don't know, man. Just crazy stuff going <laughs> Paul, on. Paul, tell me about your your Father's Day weekend. My Father's Day weekend, we drove down to Macon, Georgia on Friday and Saturday, came down here, went swimming. My brother-in-law made me hamburgers and hot dogs and just lots of great food. Uh, it was pretty awesome, and we're going golfing Tuesday, tomorrow, and Wednesday. So, man, I'm having, I'm living the life, man. I'm living the life. That sounds awesome. Uh, here in Denver, we, uh, my wife and daughter bought me a couple of hats. I think I asked for them before I got a haircut, so I was like in need of hats. Not so much anymore, but uh, they got me some really cool hats, baseball caps, and then. Uh, we also bought a trailer for my uh, bike so I can tow my daughter. And so we went on a, a couple of bike rides this weekend, and we had a good time. So that, that was kind of the, the weekend we had. Was that a little nerve-wracking, having a, your, you know, your precious daughter behind you while you're riding a bike? Uh, yeah, I've never looked at traffic more. I've never kept my head on a swivel. And, I mean, every sound I hear, I'm, I'm looking back and, you know, checking on her at all times. And then... I mean, just going up a hill with an extra 50 pounds, you know, you're towing. It's just like, oh, my gosh, this is miserable. Um, oh, now you got to spill what kind of hats. You know I'm a hat aficionado. He has oh. over 200 hats, by the way, I bet. Oh, yes. man. So this one was a col- – it's a trucker hat, so it's got the net in the back, and then uh, it's got a Colorado-themed front. So that's that's the one I'm currently wearing. And then I got kind of a running or – you know, outside hat that can kind of uh, absorb sweat or at least take the sweat a little bit. Cause I, I feel like I go through hats uh, and they just, you know, ruin, ruin uh, the hat bill or whatever with all the sweat. So mm. I got one that is, I can just wear on walks or whatever. And uh, I don't have to worry about it too, don't too much. Don't you hate sweat. those salt lines when you really sweat oh, your hat and then it gets all these like, lines of salt. All That's my why golf you flip it over. Then. That's why you flip it over, and then if it's an adjustable hat, the salt is on the adjustable part. So you wear it catcher style. You flip it over, and that way the sweat doesn't get so much on the front headband as it does that plastic piece in the back. Yeah, yeah but I use it to cover my eyes so I can see. Shades, brother. Shades. <laughs> Shades. Look into them, all right? And catchers don't do that with hats anymore, Ernest. I know we used to. We'd always flip yeah, on helmets. Hat. Well, it's pretty much all helmets now. That's right. Safety think, first. I think Ray Fossey was the first one to do that. Oh. But yeah, you not only used to do that, you used to pop up. I was watching the '71 All Star Game, and Bill Freehand was there. And Bill Freehand used to flip the bill up. Mm-hmm. So when he put his head back to catch a foul ball, the bill would not you know, be pressing against his back. Mm-hmm. Right. That's how bored I am for baseball. I'm watching the 1971 World Series. On, I mean, all-star game on TV. Sweet. Well, uh, that segment was brought to you by the no. Game of Life. Oh, Game of Life. Oh, Oosh. We moved cleaned on. it up a little bit. If you haven't played with your family at a board game night, you are missing out. The Game of Life. Compliance. B-O-R-E-D or B-A-R-E? <laughs> Yeah, and Chris, Kids to be both by Milton Bradley. Milton Bradley. In the game of life, you roll a dice and you add more children. Are you going to add more children anytime soon? Uh, that's going to be a. We're, we're going to go ahead and play that skip card. <laughs> I know all your family's right asking. We're going to let it, no, we're, we're let it go around the. Go that around ain't his call, Paul. That really is not his choice. <laughs> 
when we got married, we agreed that we would have two. And after the first one, we're like, you know what? Let's just see how this works out for a while. Like, let's let's not rush into anything. Yeah, but your daughter's so cute. You gotta have another one. Come on, man. You got you uh, gotta uh, you gotta time it out, Chris. The the second child's old enough to babysit for the first one. Ooh, nice. She yeah. years out. Nice. No, because then when you have that, then you're like you're almost at that home stretch, like where they can like go to college and then you're free and then Dude, to restart you, again. Oh, you don't want to pay for two college educations at the same time. No. Okay. At least five I also, years apart. Uh, yeah, that's fine, but. Man, 12 or 13 years apart, that would be tough, too. Well, it keeps you young. <sighs> All right. Well, uh, because it was Father's Day, today's uh, podcast is very focused on Father's Day and, and being a father and how awesome it is to, to be a father. So uh, the next uh, next question I have for you, Paul, is, you know, obviously this weekend you're down in uh, Macon, Georgia. What, uh, what are some Father's Day father's day memories that you you've had that just really um you know are the first things that come to your mind um so father's day is always you know a week or close to a week before my birthday so usually it's the weekend after school got out so for my dad it was like all week before we school got out he was packing and as soon as school got out we were on the road traveling having a good time um, and some of my greatest memories are being camping somewhere or throwing the baseball back and forth, playing catch with my dad at a, a campground or swimming someplace. And my dad was the type of guy that around the house, he'd say, come on, Paul, let's go. And I didn't know where we'd be going. Usually it's to a store or go look at a car that was for sale in the paper or something like that, or to get an ice cream cone or to play golf. And, um, so my dad always liked just to have me hanging around, and uh, sometimes that was he was teaching me stuff like how to repair a, a broken window or how to fix something in a car, but other times it was just to have fun and to get away from the rest of the family. Yes, I did say that, just to get away from the rest of the family. Um, so when my son was growing up, it was the same thing. I said, come on, David, let's just go. And we would go and ride around, and uh, sometimes my dad, if we were low on money, he would take us down to the local public golf course and we'd go over to the putting green, and it didn't cost any money to just practice on the putting green, and we'd set up a game. He would have our nine or eight iron out, and we'd practice chipping onto the green and then putting like nine holes on the green using different uh, holes in the putting green. And that was so much fun. Then we'd head back, and sometimes we'd stop at the city dairy to get ice cream. And Chris, have you ever heard of a double chocolate shake? I don't know if I have. All right, here it is, man. Regular chocolate shakes, you put in vanilla ice cream, uh, regular milk, and chocolate syrup. My dad would say, no, give me a double chocolate. Chocolate ice cream, chocolate yeah. milk, and chocolate syrup. Oof. And, man, I had that, and I'd get home, and I'd be buzzing like crazy, and it was the best thing ever. So uh, my dad was awesome. I feel like that's, I feel like that's not double. Cause that's the triple, first isn't example, it? example... Well, yeah, because like you only had one one ingredient of chocolate, and the and the third one. I yeah, appreciate you being literal, man. Chocolate. Thanks, thanks for hey, being literal. You're welcome. The, you're the welcome. bigger message of the story was, um, <laughs> hang around with your kids, do things all the time with your kids. It makes a difference. My dad died in 2005, really sudden, like, and um, it really affected me pretty strong. And I know Ernest's dad is still alive in his 90s, and um, 
But when you're raising your kids, just live life with them. Do things with them. It doesn't have to be a big deal. It could just be a lot of fun. Yeah, I, that's that's one of the things I'm looking forward to. Just as she grows, um, my daughter, just having those experiences. And they don't have to cost anything, like you said. Uh, just the memories that you, you've you've had uh, are, are priceless. What about you, Ernest? Well, I'm, I'm kind of a unique situation in that uh, when I was a small kid, my dad was stationed overseas for periods of time, and, and he'd be gone for up to three years. And the fact that he is 92, even though he's going through a, a medical crisis right now, I mean, not to be morose, we, we, you know, we always look at every Father's Day as like, you know, the value of it because you're not promised another one in that respect. And it's always been the you know, father's day has always been this fulcrum of his birthday, the first of summer. And usually all the family can get together. We're, we're lucky that my sister usually comes from Texas. My brother comes from Raleigh and I'm traditionally, I give him the worst gifts whatsoever. I mean, I get some really horrible stuff to him because, mm -hmm. because he'll never tell you what he, he's the opposite of me. Because my children ask me what want. I have a list. I have an Amazon list. There you go. Bing, 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 bing. That's what I like. And uh, it's always hard for him, which he likes everything. But uh, again, it's 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 uh, the extent that I make it special. And my kids, I mean, you know, they they both of them are grown now, and I my grandchildren are fairly close. It's it's I see them so much. We we still touch base and. Uh, my oldest son's work schedule is the fact that I'm going to see him a couple days a week, but I see his children all the time. It's just unique. It's just, a, uh, we know this is a artificially created hallmark induced holiday, but even from that, it's nice. The importance of fathers, particularly in today's society, because we have fewer fathers at home, with their children. I mean, that's a statistical fact. I'm not taking a judgment. And it's, you know, it, it seems what's embarrassing. I think you other two can talk about this also. It's kind of embarrassing how some people give you credit for just being home as a father, you know, uh, uh, you know, that's to me, that's what fathers do. You're there for the kids no matter what. And, and now you're kind of singled out. My daughter-in-law wrote this wonderful thing on Facebook about, her husband, my son, my, her father and me. And it was embarrassing how nice it was for something that we didn't do that special. We're just a father. And let's face it as males, our role model is our fathers. We all feel like we fall a little short that we're not as good a father as our father was. We try to strive for that. But I think we all feel like, man, I wish I could be half as good a father as my father, which is a pretty good goal. And I rambled. I apologize for that. No, all good. No, all good. Um, yeah, so I guess my, my memories are a little bit different than, than both of yours. So I, I came from a, a home that was uh, divorced. So I didn't get to see my, my dad usually on Father's Day. So don't have a ton of memories um, about Father's Day. So that's why I try to, uh, I think that's why I'm looking forward to, to them so much now, because I have an opportunity where, uh, you know, 
I didn't before. So that's why I, I appreciate it now. So well, my, well, the, oh. the etymology of this podcast, Paul, isn't it about men being good men, role models and fathers? Isn't that what we all came from? What all your your family of podcasts viewed by thousands across the universe? No, I took a, a, a random pic of my contacts in my phone and you guys just happened to show up. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Sorry for giving you too much credit. All right, Chris, back to you. <laughs> Chris appreciates his sarcasm oh, as any good much oh, as yeah. anybody. Oh, absolutely. It's a fatherly trait. That's <laughs> very true. Speaking of sarcasm, one of the best traits of fathers or dads is the the dad jokes. So I guess I'll ask you both of you, are you a fan of them? Are you not a fan of them? Do they bug you? Are you Do you kidding? love them? Are you kidding now? I got to ask these questions. All right, I'll start because I did some research. I've I've been a pastor for a long time, minister, and so I have tons of jokes and illustrations and some that work a lot better than others, and I left them all at home. I'm down in Georgia, so thanks to the great thing called the Internet, uh, I found some good dad jokes here. And for me, a dad joke is intentionally corny and punny meaning that it's the worse it is, the better I like it. I know it's stupid. I know it's dumb. But I just love the, that it is so dumb, that um, sometimes the world gets too caught up on itself. So I got some right. You want some, don't you, Chris? You want some dad jokes? Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's hear them. So, hey, you want to do this back and forth, me and you, Paul? Like a whole yeah, series? that's good. Wanna, hey, right. I, got, I, got, I got like two, so I'll, okay. I'll come in every once in a while. Let's do dueling. Okay, um, okay. dueling dad jokes. The <laughs> first one is more like Stephen Wright-ish. Do you remember okay. who Stephen Wright is? Yes. I know Ernest. I think he's... Yes, or, he, Di or Dimitri Martin. Yeah. Isn't, one he, very yeah good. isn't he Glenn Left's brother? <laughs> No. See, that's a dad joke. That's a dad yeah, joke. Yeah, yeah. That is it's one. Not, it's not the knuckleballer. Not, not good, but it's, it's, it's one. <laughs> All right, here's my first one. Here goes strike one. Um, one dad said, I don't trust stairs. They're always up to something. Ba -bum -bum. <laughs> Just on, a on a similar vein, why are elevator jokes so good? Because they work on so many levels. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Perfect one. <laughs> nice. Chris. That was good. All right, Chris. Uh, you know, it's it's weird because I broke my finger last week. Oh. But on the other hand, I'm okay. Oh, nice. Nice. <laughs> All right. All right I, I'm a big fan of uh, making puns with fishing and cemeteries for some other reason. So this fish fishing joke is good. It's sort of like a kid joke. Why don't fish play soccer? Because they're afraid of the net. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the worse, uh, the worse, the better. Okay, why does the chicken coop only have two doors? Because if it had four doors, it'd be a yes. chicken sedan. Sedan, uh, nice. Uh, have you ever tried eating a clock? It's really time-consuming, especially if you go for seconds. Uh, it's a double dad joke. Double. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> All right, when this one's a little bit longer, all right? So a monastery is in financial trouble. Chris, you know what a monastery is, right? I do, yes. You know, there's, you know, monks, you know, that live there, work there. Yes. So the monastery's in financial trouble, so it goes into the fish and chips business to save money. One night, a customer knocks at its door. A monk answers, and the customer asks, Are you the fish fryer? 
says, no, I'm the chip monk. <laughs> that one was pretty bad. <laughs> All right. What did the left eye say to the right eye? Just between me and you, something smells. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The boss says, how good are you at PowerPoint? I said, I excel at it. Ooh. The boss. The boss said, was that a Microsoft Office pun? I said, word. <laughs> nice. All right. What is Mozart doing in his grave? Decomposing. <laughs> I don't know why that one made me laugh so hard. <laughs> A little darkness in there never hurts. Once yeah, more. never uh, hurts it. Grandfather talking to his grandson. Grandson, you know, I married your mother. I married your grandma. She was Miss Wright. I just didn't know her first name was always. Uh, <laughs> I knew that one from a long time ago. So recently we had, you know, like with all this COVID stuff, they're upping our security systems and everything like that. So recently I changed all my passwords to Kenny. So now I have all Kenny logins. Oh, sweet. Ooh. Well, I'm about out of them except for this one. Sort of lame, sort of good. What do you call someone with no body and no nose? Nobody knows. <laughs> I didn't say it was great. Just there it is. What did the father buffaloes tell the boy buffalo when he went to school? Bison. 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 Yeah, you have to know alternative <laughs> hello, hello, names. Hello, 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 hello. <laughs> this is my guy. What Get did the one cannibal, cannibal say to the other cannibals? They're eating clowns. <laughs> <laughs> this tastes funny to you. Uh, <laughs> all right, Chris, go ahead. Save me. All right, uh, let's see. There was one. Um, uh, I just bought a new blindfold, but I can't see myself wearing it. Uh, uh, <laughs> why do eye doctors live so long? They dilate. <laughs> they dilate. Dilate. That was good. It was good. Thank you. Thank you. Don't forget to tip your waitress. That right, segment Chris. was brought to you by Staples. It's always going out of business, but they're still here. Staples. <laughs> uh, our 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 next segment uh, kind of gets into you know as you get older, which I I never have yet. But as you get yes, older, you are. everyone gets older. Everyone no, what he older. means, he's never matured, is what he says. That's, that's true. Right. There that's you go. That, that we there can all go. agree on. So, um, you know, as you get older, your your athletic skills maybe decline a little bit. Um, what what sport? Like, or I guess, let me let me rephrase this. Uh, what when you were younger? What was the first? What what was the memory or the time that you first beat your dad at something? Athletically. Athletically. Okay. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> Please don't say with a two by four. <laughs> hmm. I, he's 92. So obviously I still can. Uh, That's true. But what was your first memory? Like, you know, you, you played pickup basketball or you ran a race or, you know, I gave these questions to you yesterday, so there really shouldn't be a ton of thinking. <laughs> uh, playing softball. Playing softball. I was better than him playing softball by the time he was 70. 
<laughs> way, to, way to make it a challenge, Ernest. Well, hey, you know. He couldn't I mean, run, he was in a, he, he he was in a wheelchair run. at that point. He hung on no, pretty good, no, man. Listen, listen, he is very athletic. He still farms 20 acres. Mm-hmm. Uh, Heath is on his tractor. Jeez. He's on his tractor yest, uh Saturday. And he would have gotten today, but the heat was a little oppressive. So he's, he's still very active. So, no, that's not as big a challenge as I can do. As you think. Wow. I was going to ask, like, oh, how old were you? Were you 12, 13? Oh, he was 70. Uh, I was oh, 70, wow. so I was 40. <laughs> I was 40. Well, Paul, maybe, the, maybe I was thinking about you. Yeah, when, I have when some I standard question. answers here. <laughs> there you so go. I started beating my dad in tennis when I was about uh, 16. He played uh, tennis in college, but we always joked he actually got a $50 scholarship to play tennis in college. <laughs> that um, was tuition when he went to school. Yeah. That was a year. That is a tuition. That is. So, and I think it was $800 when he went to school for tuition, actually, Jeez. back in the 50s. Um, and then I beat him in golf when I was in my 20s. Uh, he hung out a little longer there. Um, so, yeah, so those are the two times I remember it was a pretty big deal. I think it was a bigger deal when I beat my brother in sports because my brother was four years older than me, and he beat me every single time. He never let me win. And even the time I got close to beating him, he'd always say, well, I'll let you win this time. I'm like, no, you're not going to give me any mercy. I'm going <laughs> to beat the crap out of you. Um, That's right. So, yeah, so, uh, yeah, those are – but how about you, Mr. Host? Yeah, so uh, coming from a divorce, there wasn't a ton, but uh, my dad also had a bad back, so he was never able to touch his toes uh, throughout his life. So we would play catch, but nothing like super competitive. But I do remember when I was about nine um, uh, running like in the sand with like on the beach, and, and he just like, I'm like, there's no way like he's going to beat me. And he just absolutely smoked me. And I'm like, and then he probably like hurt for three days afterwards. But I remember the, the first time I like we were kind of wrestling and I, I think we were like kind of too old. I, I was a little too old. Probably I was probably like 14 or something to like wrestle. But I like I turned him and like put him on his back. I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm the new dad around here. You broke the dad. And I broke him. I'm like, I'm the, uh, you know, I, I, I'm the new cheese. So you know, Sigmund Freud was... has written a lot about this there, buddy. <laughs> I'm going to a therapist tomorrow, so maybe I'll, I'll, I'll discover some of this stuff tomorrow. Um, so this is probably, again, uh, focused towards Paul because I'm sure uh, Ernest still is struggling with this. But what what sport do you think you can still kick your kid's butt in? Is there anything, oh, Ernest? Oh, I know I can. They, my two sons have never beat me in basketball. My 16-year-old grandson well, let, has never I guess beat me in basketball. I need, I need to, like, I guess, you know, the audience, they just, they just phoned me, um, through our chat line. That's, uh, <laughs> the chat line is sponsored by Monopoly, another Milton Bradley game, but, uh, that, that's our chat at line. your closet? I am. <laughs> I, I literally am. We don't have any badger cells, so I don't want you to get any. Get oh, the okay. <laughs> um, but the chat line is asking, yes, they've never beaten you in basketball, but I, we just want to confirm that you've played basketball against them. Oh, yeah. I've, okay. I've, okay. I've played my grandson this year several times. Okay. It's, it's because I cheat. Ah, gotcha. 
I mean, gotcha. I step on toes. I use elbows. <laughs> I, um, you know, I basically use my big rear end and I back them in, do a turnaround jumper. Now, see, that's not, I don't think that's cheating. If you can use your body, like, that's you're bigger. Foul. That's, that's, a, no. that's offensive foul. And so They're his flopping. boys learned how to play rough. Let's just put it yes. that way. Yes. Yeah. Now, now in golf, um, my youngest son is a terrible golfer, but he would still beat me. And my oldest son, He's he's a natural. He picks up, he puts the clubs down for a year. He picks them up and he's just good. And my daughter-in-law, uh, my youngest son's wife is a natural. She was an athlete. She played college softball. They would, in golf, they would all beat me. But in basketball, no. I mean, I, again, I can beat my 16-year-old grandson right now and I can beat my son. It's because I cheat. I'm within proud the of rules. It. Oh, yeah. Hey, I, I cheat within the rules. That's I think well, that's an oxymoron <laughs> right there. My uh, my oldest son's daughter-in-law thinks I was too competitive and, and bred that in my children also. Hmm. I mean, I wasn't the great Santini. I wasn't throwing the ball in their face or nothing like that. But, you know, it's that's the fact of life. Life is a competition. And, and no blood, no foul. Good. Hey, old. that's why they keep score. That's why they keep score. I mean, you know, that's, if you're not cheating. You're not trying. Amen, brother. Amen. <laughs> Competitive drive. Paul, Paul can you still Paul's can nicer you, than me? So that's that's true. Can you still beat David in golf? Uh barely. I think we're about the same in golf now. Um and yeah. he beats me. Oh, I remember the first time he beat me in basketball. It was just really embarrassing. Um I used to be like Ernest, like I'd use my butt, I'd box him out, I'd uh you know, do turnaround fadeaways and kick out my legs, I'd, you know, try to trip him up and then he got faster, quicker. Now he's he's better in basketball. He's better in anything except for probably golf. So, yeah, I, did he lord over better. you when he won? Did he like really made a big deal of it? Dance on the golf course or? Oh, in golf, no. We go out and play, just have fun. We when we play golf, it's just so chill. In basketball, I think he liked it a little bit more. I think he you know strutted a little bit and. And you know, but he's he's a pretty good basketball player for his height. He's not too tall, and he's learned different things to cope over the years. I think playing against Ernest's son early on just shaped him to be the basketball player he is today. <laughs> no blood, no foul. I think that's true. Um, I can honestly say I can still kick uh, my daughter's butt in anything. So, um, <laughs> wow. I, you are going to therapist tomorrow, right? Yeah, I am. Yeah, child, I'll bring that up. is that not child abuse? Of some extent? no, I can. I mean, okay. No, she she can't run out. She can't outrun me. I mean, there's no. I mean, she, oh, you know what? I I did track her calories one day. Uh, she definitely could out eat me in calories. I think. Well, she's two, like, right? Two or three? Yeah, she just she eats like there's no tomorrow. I mean, just the amount of carbs this kid goes through. I mean, it just, it, it's nonstop. So I'm trying to watch what he, and then I watch her eat. I'm like, good. I, yeah, I think there are days that she definitely out eats me in calorie wise. So she's got that going for her. So, um, that's, you know, that's kind of all I had today. What, what are you guys, what, what, what other father father's day memories or, or memories? We'll start wrapping it up. What other, uh, Mentos, do you want to say in our Father's Day show? Ernest, I'll pass it to you first. Well, one of my 
best sports memories. It was 1990. I think I got it right. And, and it was watching King Griffey Jr. and King Griffey Sr. hit back-to-back home runs. And I thought that would be so neat to play a professional sport with your dad. And I know the Griffeys did it. I know the Howells did it. And that, that Paul could, knows about this. Gordy Howells kind of steered into retirement by the Red Wings, and they kind of gave him a position where they kind of put him in a, a desk in the corner. And one of his sons, Mark Howe, was going to be a high draft choice. His other son was considered a borderline pro. And there was a renegade league at that time called the World Hockey Association. And the uh, owner of the Houston franchise pretty much went to Gordy's wife, who pretty much was the business manager of the house, and said, we'd like to have both of your sons play for the Houston Arrows. And she had popped up, well, you know, Gordy still practices. And they said, great. So Gordy Howe got to play with his two sons for about four, five years in the WHA, played till he was 52 years old. And he was playing center, and both sons were playing wings. One eventually became a defenseman, Marty, when he played for the Flyers in HL. And they wound up with uh, the precursor to my Carolina Hurricanes, which were the Hartford Whalers. And not only did Gordy get to play with his two sons, but Bobby Hull, his last season, also played. Like, you know, before Gretzky, these were the two great stars. But you think about it, and I've had chance that I got to play on softball teams with my dad. There's 30 year age difference between me and my dad. Uh, I never got to play. I mean, yeah, I got to play church softball with my sons, which was pretty neat. I mean, and of course that's not like professional sports, but uh, and I just always thought it was a great experience. My two sons got to play rec football together. And I told them, I wish I'd had the opportunity to play with my brother. But those, can you think of any other incidences where fathers and sons played professional sports, Paul? I'm sure there are, but those are the two that kind of leap in my mind. I know Tim Raines and Tim Raines Jr. played for a short period of time, I want to say, with the Orioles together. Mm-hmm. Right. What about Cal Ripken? Well, his dad was the manager. Unfortunately, he got fired where Cal's <laughs> play because they started out 0 and 17. Hmm. That was 80, 90, 87, 87, wasn't mm-hmm. it, Paul? That sounds right. That sounds, yeah. yeah, that was a good year. And, and Cal Ripken was, uh, Cal Sr. was the manager. He had been the third base uh, coach for a long time during the heyday. of. Uh, he came in for Billy Hunter, who went on managed the Texas Rangers. But they put him in that position, and, and the team just – pretty much uh i again started off and they fired him and a lot of people wondered if cal would want to be traded but never asked to i know there's a lot of college coaches uh jim Beheim, uh his son played for him this past year was a three-point shooter there are a lot of college coaches i know roy's son was a walk-on at kansas when he was at kansas roy williams so i know a lot of guys have had their kids in college ball play for them. A lot of college football, you know, down in Georgia, uh, Ben Stooley's son played for him. I think was the backup quarterback and eventually became coach at Texas, Derek Dooley, Tennessee, Tennessee coach at Tennessee. 
Paul, can you think of any more? I mean, college coaches, mm -hmm. coaching situation, but not a lot playing together. No, I can't. I think I think the next one that could potentially be one LeBron? is LeBron and Bronny. You got that right. Yeah, I, I definitely think that could, uh, depending on the NBA and how they, uh, you know, sort out how many years you have to be, you know, outside of the league or whatever. Um, I definitely think Bronny could. Uh, you don't play, you don't, play you in don't, the NBA. But you don't see not baseball is the sport where you see a lot of sons of players succeed. And sometimes I mean, look look at the Toronto Blue Jays. You've got uh, Craig Biggio, Kevin Biggio. You've got Guerrero's son, and there's one uh, Bichette's son that are all starting for the Blue Jays. Basketball, I mean, Hardaway's son wasn't the ball player that he was. Completely different. Glenn Robinson jr wasn't the player his dad was you don't see a lot of basketball hierarchy you don't see the kids being as good as or better than their dads as professional players unless i'm missing one and i'm probably am missing some right well, archie manning say, and his sons you forget about yeah. them yeah i was gonna say in football it's almost like the sons actually are better than their fathers most well, of the time his their dad was a better college player than they were as college players. But he went to a team where he was just brutally beat up. Yeah. He was not the passer that his two sons are. He wasn't physically as large. A lot of people don't, I mean, you look at Peyton and he's 6'5". Even uh, Elias was 6'4". I mean, these are big guys. And now again, quarterbacks, except for the uh, – triple option type guys or what we're seeing a fade back to smaller guys. Traditionally you were looking at six, five, six, four. The dad was six, two maybe. And he was a better runner than he was a passer. But when he went to the saints, I mean, they, he got beat up brutally. I mean, the rules back then you could pick up a guy and slam him. And he played on an artificial turf at Tulane stadium that was nothing more than a parking lot. So he was just physically beat. Never played in a playoff game, never played in a winning team at all times. So, yeah, he was better. But, again, baseball you see it more than any other sport, more than hockey, basketball, or or, or, or football. Mm -hmm. the, the players are just as good as their dads. Well, a long time ago, Chris, you be I mean, two years ago when you first became a father, you asked me, hey, could we do a podcast where the other guys give me advice about being a father. You remember yeah, that? I do. Was How any of that advice? I mean, Ernest told you something I think pretty um, shocking back then. But do you anything we said help, or you just had to be a dad? Yeah, I think it was. You know, a lot of it was just don't worry, you're going to be fine. Just you know, be be in the moment and and help your wife a lot because by helping your wife, especially in those early early years. Uh, you're helping your your son or daughter, but uh, yeah, I I mean, now it just uh, yeah, I, I don't remember. Uh, Chris, speechless. I mean, wow, I this know. is a new <laughs> new experience. Rate yourself as a father, Chris. Scale one horrible oh, father, oh, oh. ten great father. Your kids will do it for you later, anyways. Yes, well, yeah. what a, in their memoirs. <laughs> to their yeah. analysts. To their analysts. We, I, My father told me to this. One of my proudest things was teaching her. We have a secret handshake. 
So she's got that down pretty good. It's like a high five, and then a, we bump knuckles, and then she we, we stick our pointer finger out, and we touch the end of our pointer fingers. And so that's our that's our little secret handshake. So. Like the E.T. Little stuff like morals, that. Not that's morals, right, not the golden rule. We're going to no. teach you the handshake. She, she doesn't understand any of that yet. So uh, she barely understands her name, you know. So let's, let's just... You know, yeah, so she, she's like understand her name or she just ignores you when you call. That's, I mean, it's probably the latter. No, no joke. Unless I have a croissant in my hand. Yeah. You know, she doesn't pay attention. Carbs, That's right. baby. Well, let me, let me, right. prove my, let me prove my theory. Okay, Paul, rate yourself as a father one to 10. One oh. being the lowest, 10 being, uh, I don't know, some TV father of some type of regard. Bill Cosby. Man. Bill Cosby. No, 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 no. That's a one. Yikes. Bill Cosby is the one. Yeah, I'm oh, sorry. Bob Saget. Bob Saget. Uh, I think you're going to. would be a two. Have you not seen his stand up act? <laughs> Boy. You know, there, you there, there's. Porky next? There's no way to rate yourself except for looking at your kids. If you still have. A relationship with your kids that they'll still talk to you they still like to hang around you that's the only thing i'm really rating i'm not going to rate a number but that's the whole point of parenting is you have this relationship where you can still influence their life because it goes from telling them what to do to guiding them to what to do to just basically being friends and influencing what they do and being part of her life. If you can still have a relationship when you're adults, you've succeeded, I think, because you're going to make mistakes no matter what. And what really, I think Ernest knows, what really gets you is as adults, they come back and say, I remember you did this, this, and this. And you're like, I did what? And oh, then they laugh at you and you're like, am I supposed to take this personally now? Um, but it's cool. And then they become parents of their own and then they go, oh, dad wasn't so dumb after all, you know, that type of thing. So uh, I'm, I'm going to rebel against you, Ernest, and not give myself a rating because okay. I would give myself probably lower than what my kids would give me. Would you also agree, though, and I have a, another one of my numerous theories, is you, too many people rate the value of them being a parent or a father, so to speak, since we're dealing with fathers today, on the outcome of how their children are. I mean, it's, it's, you can't. I've seen preachers' kids who dealt dope okay and were child pornographers and i've seen drug dealers who've had kids who are righteous good people and you do the best you can but there are so many influences from many different sources that you can't how your kids turn out is not the final test it's not the summarization you do the best you can because none of us are prepared to do that even if you've had two or three the factors, the environment, things change. You do the best you can. And at the end of the day, you, if you can feel good with yourself, what you've done, that's it. It's just We all fall short. You just give them lots of sugar, Krispy Kreme donuts right before they go to bed, yeah, right? Well, right, right. That's it. A lot of hype them up. Just, just give I, them sugar. But I've seen a lot of people beat themselves up like, what have I done wrong? I was like, you were good. It just... That's what happens. They have I their mean, own they, brains? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, they have their own brains. There's other influences because when they go to school, your influence is greatly reduced because now the teachers and the peers. And as you get older and they get older, the other influences tend to start squeezing you out. So got to get them in that first five years, Chris. That's your target time. First five years, you learn more. And the first five years of your life, then you learn the rest of the, your life. You learn a language. You learn social skills. I'll tell you though, during this pandemic, 
you know, we had the opportunity <clears throat> to, you know, to stay home with her full time and try to work. And I've, I've never appreciated, uh, my childcare provider more. <laughs> what? Wait, Chris, you're supposed to say, oh, it's been the most beautiful thing to be in home all the time. Don't, don't, don't but, worry. But, but, I, but I'll tell you. probably saying the same. Your daughter's saying. <laughs> but I'll tell you. This guy. Because of that time, so that was like eight weeks of uh, heaven. Now, you know, when I go pick her up after work, I feel because it's not, you know, 12 hours, it's, you know, two or three hours. It's so much more manageable, but we, I feel like I just, I appreciate it more because I get such little time with her now. So while it was difficult trying to work and, 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 you know, raise and, and, you know, raise a child, it's actually, it was a blessing in disguise because now it's just, it's so much more, I feel so much about more valuable or the time that I have with her is more valuable. So. You feel better than you did two years ago. You know what? I, I look back and I, I think, why, why was I not like a bodybuilder? I had all this time. <laughs> bodybuilder? <laughs> or just like that, a, tri- a triathlete, a triath- Like I could have been so much smarter or I could have been at a better been job. Cause I'm like, what did I do with all my time? <laughs> okay. We'll save that- it for another one. That's that's All the, right. that's the summation of the last two years of raising <laughs> a child. Hey. That's, oh, I thought you said what did point. I do before? Before? No. Oh, how do you feel better as a, when you were looking at this as a possibility of being a parent? Are you a more confident a person now, now as a parent you than you were two years ago? Do you? Oh, do you yeah. Do you like- it was actually. I mean, we were talking. We had some. Uh, we went over to a friend's house this past weekend, and they're they're uh, just sitting their second trimester with their first kid, and so. They were asking questions, and we were just like, "Are you the expert now?" Yeah, it just felt so natural. They're like, "What about this? What about this?" We're like, "Eh, I mean, yeah, but you know, you could do this too." And so it was just—I felt—I felt a sense of education that I had that they had never experienced, and some of the stuff that—I uh, don't know—I thought it was—it was very. It was nice being asked questions about something that you had no idea going into. Now, two years later, you feel like you're, you know, an expert. Tell the truth, Chris. Tell the truth. You told them this is easy. It's no breeze. It's the easiest thing. Then you and your wife got in the car and laughed your butt off. Well, they they have no idea what they're walking in. They were telling like they were asking, like, you know, was it was she tough to sleep or tough to get down or was she cranky? And I said, honestly, we don't tell people this a lot because it's embarrassing, but like she started to pretty much sleep by, you know, on her own for eight to 10 hours, like at like four or five months. So we were very fortunate. So we don't know a lot of the horror stories with kids going to 18 months and not, you know, not sleeping. And it's like, oh, oh. so that's what that was our uh, advice. But that's because that's biological imperative. That's, That's right. We continue the species. If we lie to people before we have kids and tell them it's the greatest <laughs> thing on earth, we'll be able to keep the species on earth and keep it going. And we then, wanna, keep the population going. We want to make sure and lie to new parents. I oh, do think. Easy. I do think during this pandemic, only new parents will have kids. I don't think if you already have a kid, you will have another one during this pandemic. Depends on how bored you get. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, no, because you're never bored with kids at home during no, a pandemic. No, no, I'm, I'm talking about the process. <laughs> oh, yeah, I get it. <laughs> Did we lose you, uh, Paul? Paul's gotten straight. No, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. All right, good night, sweetheart. Mwah. Love ya. And That was my kid going to bed. Oh, I thought, I was, thought, that was, I thought it was a send-off for us. I thought that was, I thought that was appropriate. <laughs> Just wasn't for me. I'm heartbroken. <laughs> All right, we'll go around the, the horn. We'll go around the horn. No copyright infringement, but uh, any last words, Paul? Uh, thanks, Chris, for hosting tonight. We appreciate it. I um, think you're doing a good job as a dad. We're expecting some free lodging out there someday when we get out to visit you. And, Ernest, you were right Ernest, earlier. I started the podcast, so guys that have been good friends of mine, we can keep on talking, encouraging each other, um, because I, I think – when a guy's trying to figure out a new stage of life, it's always nice to sort of have fun with his friends, people they can trust and enjoy. And the podcast listener drops in and hears it too. And this podcast has been a little different. It hasn't been about sports in a way, but it's about, uh, you know, that relationship with your dad or with your kids, which is so much part of my sports experience. And I think Ernest as well. So thanks Chris for hosting tonight. Absolutely. Ernest. Um, double down on something I said last week. My dad's going through a medical crisis, and uh, everything I have tried to do is uh, be somehow, uh, uh, in my dad's eyes, a success of some type. I failed miserably, but the, my dad's dream was one of his children would be like Paul, a member of the ministry, and I like watching football too much on Sundays, so that kicked me out. And as listeners to this podcast, you can see I do not. I have the gift of gab enough to be a minister, so uh, that's where I would. <laughs> <Well, also. laughs> I just choked on something. Okay, sorry. Uh, I, again, I mean, we all uh, the role model, the male role model that we all had uh, is our fathers, and subliminally or overtly, we pick up a lot of the habits, good or bad, uh, that our fathers do, and we we try to be a pale example of him. And again, Paul is right. Uh, when you hear your kids telling your grandchildren the same stuff that they used to roll their eyes at, it, you know, a little light comes up in your head going, you know, I must have done something right. And I'm internally blessed because I have a, a fantastic father. Uh, I have two wonderful sons, three great grandchildren, and two great uh, daughter in laws, and a wife who's been supportive enough that has corrected me when I was about to say something stupid to all of them, always sitting there kicking me when I was <laughs> knew what I was about to say. So I've been eternally blessed. And, uh, again, uh, if I've done anything right as a father, it's because my wife steered me in the right direction. And it's because I had the example of my father. That's why your sins are always black and blue. I always yes, wondered about true. that. Yes. But see, I've kept, she's, she's getting shorter and I've kept the same height. You really you're supposed to shrink in height after age forty, and for some reason I'm still six foot three, and now she's down to about five six. So, yeah, me too. Um, uh, yeah, no, th I love hearing stories coming from, you know, uh, a younger father to to fathers that have kids that are grown and just the different experiences and now what they're seeing in their kids. It's it's always fun to hear. And it's something I look forward to carrying on with, with my daughter and hopefully 
Maybe, who knows? Maybe not. Any more kids? More kids, uh, more kids, uh, more kids. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, but uh, it's always great to talk to you guys. Uh, thank you out there to our, our thousands of of listeners from the eight or nine different continents out there. We, we couldn't do this without <laughs> you. <laughs> I don't want to confuse the uh, Ernest on the show. There are only seven continents, uh, but there's one down in the South Pacific. So, um, thank you again. We, Oceana. We'll, that's right. Baseball's back, guys. Baseball. They just came out with the announcement. Baseball starts July 1st. Baseball's back. Baseball's back. We can start talking about sports instead of this touchy-feely junk. Uh, did it? Did it come out July? I don't know. Owner, I'm looking at everything. Owner, it says uh, MLBPA rejects 60-game uh, players vote 30, 33 to 5 to reject. So. Owners uh, vote to proceed with 2020 season. Everybody returns to camp July 1st. We'll see what? if that happens. We will see if that happens. Well, uh, for Chris Daniel, Paul, Ernest, thank you so much. We will talk to you next time. Thanks.